0: And
1: mercy,
0: life has been my guide and if my if to drown,
1: If you would open your I Bibles please to Daniel chapter 2. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 2 today and again, I think the Book of Daniel is so pertinent for the days in which we live. It is, and you'll see as we go through this book, there's more and more things that uh, really relate to the times in which we're living. But Daniel chapter 2, this is an amazing chapter. This chapter is actually called the foundation or the backbone of prophecy. Do you understand? The, the chapter we're about to dive into is essential for many reasons. It is the backbone of Bible prophecy, it reveals key elements within its, this chapter. That you will not be able to understand the remaining prophecies, several prophecies in the book of Daniel. But not only that, it's really the Rosetta Stone, the cipher for the book of Revelation. You can't understand some of the key prophecies in Revelation without Daniel chapter 2. Again, it's not a, a small statement when I say it's called the backbone of prophecy. Or the foundation of biblical prophecy, especially pertaining to end times. And so this is an amazing chapter. It unlocks... Revelation, it unlocks several other prophecies in Daniel. So we need to understand this. Now, I will tell you this, uh, and, and it's not a downer, okay? Most of that, though, is going to be next week. <laughs> that makes you come back, right? it's like But here's the thing. Today is more of an introduction to the chapter to this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has. King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. And in that dream are some key prophetic elements. But we'll see the lead up to that dream or the the results of that dream today. And I think it is powerful in and of itself because if nothing else, we're going to see a very powerful message. As King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream, we're going to see the lesson of not being a short-tempered and prideful man. Because as we go through, uh, at least through chapter 4, we're going to see what happens to a man who is extremely prideful, short-tempered, and uh, won't listen to reason. And for anybody in this room, I know nobody in this room has any of those symptoms or any of those issues, and you ladies either, I know, we're all just, um, you know, amazing. I'm going to stop. Lightning will strike indoors. In any case, um, we're going to see the lessons, because what happens with a prideful and short-tempered person is they make rash and dangerous decisions, not only for themselves, but it often impacts others around them. And I think any of us who've known those type of people or been those type of people, we know that's true. But... It's the same lesson for all of us. In any case, Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I told you there's a lot of verses, so I need to get going. Verse 1 starts, Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Verse 2, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king and the king said to them, I have had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. Let's pray. Father God, as we enter into a time of studying your word, we know that you esteem your word above your name. And Lord, we know that we hold your word high because we know your word, Lord, gets inside of us and changes us. It changes us from the inside out. It divides between the soul and the spirit. It shows us where we need to change and what we need to do. And Lord, it convicts us. It encourages us. It strengthens us, Lord. And so, God, let your word do what your word does today in the hearts of each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so we see. Now, first of all, we notice here Nebuchadnezzar had several dreams. He's having several dreams. It sounds like this is an ongoing uh, phenomenon. But this dream in particular has really got him disturbed. This has really got him anxious. Now, we also, it, it tells us it's in the second year of his reign. Don't be confused. There was some time that travel or that went past When he seized the throne from his younger brother, and then he was finally anointed king, there was a little bit of time. So when it says it was in his second year, it's at the end of that second year, which is really about three years later. And that corresponds with Daniel and his friends. Remember, they went to the the University of Babylon, and uh, they were in a three-year program. So this all corresponds. Most scholars believe this is 602 B.C. that we're looking at. But we read here that the king is very disturbed by this particular dream. It wakes him up. He is disturbed and he can't get back to sleep. Have you ever had one of those dreams? And I don't mean the pizza dreams. I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about. One of those dreams that you just know is from God a warning, something prophetic, something a warning. In my life, I've had a few of those dreams, and I can tell you, they were highly impactful. I've had a few of those dreams. God still uses dreams and visions. And I know me personally. Um, I knew each time that it was God. <laughs> there was no doubt. And what I did was I sought counsel of godly men, pastors, other friends who I knew were godly. I asked them to pray about it. I sought the Lord, seeking what those dreams meant. And in each case, the Lord proved himself out in an amazing way. And I just have to tell you, be open to that. God is, is still using dreams and visions. Don't ever discount what the Lord can do. There's so many cessationists and other people in today's society in Christian churches that don't believe the gifts of the spirit for today. They don't believe in anything supernatural. We serve a supernatural God. Uh, he, he spoke all things in, into existence. And if you can believe Genesis 1.1, how is it you can't believe the other miracles of the scripture? And how is it you want to limit God with your little box that called your mind? And so remember that. But I also want to give another warning. <laughs> do not be obsessed with this stuff. There's another side of this. Again, balance and everything. But, you know, we go on YouTube and you see all the YouTube prophets, right? They have dreams every week, supposedly from the Lord. If you go back like two years in their timeline and look at some of their predictions, they didn't come true. And yet they still have 200,000 followers because people are so gullible and they just want to hear a good report. We've talked about that before. So, again, find balance. I know in my life I knew when a dream was from God and it was nothing to mess with. It was something I had to seek the Lord and get on my face. So again, five balance. And then remember this, it will never contradict scripture. That's another pet peeve of mine, and it's more than that. It's heresy. There are people who, they will say they had a vision or a dream or something, and it contradicts scripture. That will never happen. God doesn't contradict himself. You know, I heard a story once of a person who got up during church and, and said, oh, God gave me a message during the, the sermon, and it really didn't relate to anything. And, and the reply was, why would God interrupt himself? With something contrary to his scripture. He wouldn't. Who would do that? So you you have to remember. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. But here we see. The king has this dream. And it really disturbs him. And uh, it says his. In verse 1 it says. His spirit was so troubled. He couldn't sleep. Again have you been there? (laughs) Has the Lord ever woke you up? I, I will say this. I wanted to share this with you. The last few months have been weird. Okay. And I'm. I don't know, maybe I'm just a kook. I don't know, but here's the thing. The Lord, it seems like the Lord is waking me up in the middle of the night, and I know it's just to pray. And uh, it's every night around the same time, and I just get woken up like never before, and I just pray. So I'm just trying to be faithful with that. And then, okay, Lord, I, I've been faithful. Can I get back to sleep now? You know, I try. But, but the thing is, when the Lord does wake you up, pay attention to that. Pay attention. And use every occasion to pray. Use every occasion to pray. But here, Nebuchadnezzar, he couldn't sleep. He's so disturbed. And uh, so what is he going to do? He's going to make everyone else around him disturbed. Have you ever been around people like this? (laughs) Don't point at anybody. Don't nudge anybody. But have you ever been around people who it seems like they don't want anybody else to be in a good mood if they're in a bad mood? They'll walk into a room, and it's like, read the room, buddy. You know? But they'll walk into a room, and people are celebrating something wonderful just happened, and they go, well, it's just going to end in failure. Um, you know, my dog died two, two years ago, and this reminds me of that. And they just bring everyone down. Have you ever been around people like that? Are you a person like that? Stop. This is what I always say. If you're a Christian, could you do me a favor and tell your face about it? We have been saved from hell. You have the joy of the Lord. Stop it. Just stop. And and the thing is, is that you've been around those people. Read the room. They come into the room, and they're going to tear everyone else down because they're in a bad mood. Stop it. That doesn't glorify God. But that's who King Nebuchadnezzar was. He's going to bring everyone else down. Look at verse 2 and 3 again. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, this is in the middle of the night, to tell the king his dreams so they came and stood before the king, verse 3, and the king said to them, I have had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. If I can't sleep, you guys aren't going to sleep in my palace. And so he brings his magicians. And I talked about this a little bit in the introduction. The magicians, you might know the term magi. We believe that Daniel, who ends up taking over the court of the wise men, um, we believe that the origins of those wise men, those magi who visit Jesus when he's roughly two years old in the house in Bethlehem, uh, we believe the origin comes from this time period when Daniel raised up, when he is raised up later in the, in the book of Daniel, we'll see this, and he begins training these magi. We believe that's who they are. But for now, they're just these evil, <laughs> wicked people who are uh, serving demon gods. But he says, bring in the magicians and then the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans were the ones who knew all the history and folklore and all the stories and all the things they would share with the Babylonian culture. When you hear Chaldean, just think Babylonian, it's the same thing, it's synonymous. So he brings in all the cult leaders and all the Satan worshipers, <laughs> because that's essentially who these men are, to come and stand before him because this dream was so overwhelmingly disturbing that either he couldn't remember all of it, or he was pretending like he couldn't remember And I see a case for both of those things. We don't really know. Or the other thing is probably he forgot some of it, but knew some of it. But he wanted them to fill in the gaps. And this is why. He wanted them to prove these are the men. Remember, these are the the men who are supposed to have a supernatural connection. They're supposed to be supernatural and have a connection to the gods. And so this dream, he wanted proof that they understood it. So he says, no, don't just give me the interpretation. Tell me the dream also. Could you imagine? Tell me the dream that I dream. (laughs) Read my mind, tell me the dream, and then tell me the interpretation.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G O L G O T H A G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A-Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you, and remember to hold fast.